Good day, good folks. You are listening to Talk That Keeps You Woke. And with your awakening, we hope that you will take in the information and knowledge we provide. So make sure you like and subscribe while you hop on this ride as we inform, persuade, entertain, and engage in discussion. Welcome to Potlicker Podcast, which is knowledge to feed your soul. I may go one half of Potlicker. I go by Dr. A, the inquisitive one, a great debater, Mr. Slow Talker, a rhetorician, and an all-around nice guy, and a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. The other half of Potlicker is my homie, my dear friend for more than 30 years, Kim Parker Jackson Esquire, the legal one, Mrs. Creativity, never obnoxious, the gifted one, a terrific lady, and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Okay, we are back and better than ever. What's going on, partner? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone. I am well. How are you, Dr. A? I'm good. Getting over a cold. Um, I can't seem to shake it. I feel good, um, but I still have, you know, some mucus making its way out of my body. Okay, well, let me say one more time. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone. I am well. I had a good week, and I'm glad to hear that you are hanging in there and getting better. Yeah, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling good today. It was communion Sunday. I know, I know. So when 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 you watch it from home, you gotta get your own little drink. <laughs> your grape juice and your cracker. Yeah, we didn't have any grape juice, so we had to real <laughs> use the real stuff this morning. Right. So uh Manischewitz. <laughs> no, no, actually uh Johnny Walker. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's funny. Yeah. Well, so, uh, just a little bit. As long as you do it in remembrance of the Lord, that's, that's all. Right. That's all it's about. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, as always, we start our show off with the Wow of the Week, which stands for Words of Wisdom. And this week's Wow comes from A. Philip Randolph. Freedom is never granted, it is won. Justice is never given, it is exacted. Sort of like what uh, Brother Frederick Douglass had said, you know, uh, nothing can seize power except power. So um, when he said this, this was a time where uh, African-Americans weren't completely free. We're still, we were still under Jim Crow. Um, segregation and the civil rights act hadn't passed yet so um he's right he's basically saying if you're waiting for freedom to be given to you you're mistaken you must go out and take your own freedom what say you i say amen and amen i mean you hit the nail on the head and Angela Davis said it another way. She said, I like how she said, freedom is a constant struggle. And to me, that means we have to fight for it. And we have to be vigilant and we have to be persistent. And that is what this word, this uh, these words of wisdom mean to me as well. That's right. So our words of wisdom this week is from A. Philip Randolph. Freedom is never granted. It is won. Justice is never given. It is exacted. Amen. But before we get into our um, what's going on this week, we are we're going to get into our first plug. And I think this is one we all know about. Yes, it is indeed. And this is something I really like and also my family really likes. And it is Pearl Milling Company 
original complete pancake mix, pancake and waffle mix. And I can definitely attest to the fact that Justin Jackson, our beloved son, can eat pancakes and waffles every morning. <laughs> every morning he gets up, he wants to have pancakes and waffles. So at, we make a lot of pancakes and a lot of waffles in the Jackson household. And this is great because it's a time saver. All you have to do is add water when you make pancakes. When you make waffles, you just add water and a little bit of oil. And voila, you have uh, waffles. <laughs> and they are delicious. And this box is 80 ounces. And we get this from BJ's. And this actually comes in two, like a two-pack. So we'll get two 80-ounce boxes of this pancake mix. How and, long does it last? And we go through it. it. It doesn't last that long. Probably once every couple of months, maybe, maybe a month. I don't know. Just goes so fast. And we all we always seem to have it on hand. That's for sure. Hey, so this box you, is almost done. Lucky you, be quiet. That's my yeah, dog. I was going to say, before we move <laughs> on, won't you introduce our other partner that's in the background? <laughs> that's our beloved Labradoodle. He's a chocolate Labradoodle. And somebody just delivered an Amazon package. And he is sitting in front of the door. So he is a bit of a, I guess, a watchdog as well. <laughs> so we know somebody's at the door when Lucky's barking. But normally he's like very laid back and chill and just, you know, fluffy and cute. And that's, what all, that's what all dog owners say about their dog. <laughs> it's they true, you though. come to their house and they start barking at <laughs> I know. I'm always like, if they got teeth, they bite. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. And let us move on. So... We are going to get into our first What's Going On on the Week. And that is submersible. This was in the news. This was an unfortunate situation. So we're going to explore that right now. Go ahead. My thoughts on this. Um, at first, you know, when they were talking about it, my first reaction was, why would you want to go do that? You know, you're risking going down. And I know uh, one of the gentlemen had been down there 30, that was his 38th mission going down to um, discover, I mean, to explore the Titanic. Mm -hmm. um, well, the, are you speaking? Okay, so there were five people that went down that were lost. Yeah. Hamish Harding, Shazada Dawood, Suleiman Dawood, Paul Henry Nargiole, and Stockton Rush. So two of them were father and son. That's yeah. the the downloads, yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure if you're talking. And then no, I'm not the talking about them. It was the scientists who 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 been down there on several missions to go um, explore the Titanic. Like he's a Titanic expert, right? They said, um, and what I'm saying is, when you're down there, going down there that much, I guess the journey to go down there is like, okay, I've done this before, so. You're you're not skeptical or anything like that. So that is the courage for him to get into the device. I guess the very first time I would have said, no, not me. Right. Um, was I, that I, the owner of it? Ocean Gate owner Stockton Rush? I, I, or was it it might be. I, I, I got to check. Yeah. I think. OK. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I just I, I don't understand why people are so curious about seeing basically an underwater gravesite. It's the wreckage, you know, of the Titanic. And we've all seen the movie. Did you did you watch the movie Titanic? Of course. Right. 
the blockbuster movie Titanic, which was like, what, three hours? It's like, that was not enough time exploring, you know, what happened on the Titanic. I don't understand why you need to see it in person. That's, that's the part I didn't get. And then I went on YouTube and watched a video of the wreckage, like a, you know, like more of a present day video. Um, and I don't know if it was taken with like a machine, you know, how they send uh, machines remotely down to take pictures and stuff like that or video. Um, but I'm like, okay, so they pay $250,000 a pop to go down and look at a watery grave when I went on YouTube and saw it for free. And so I'm like, I just don't, I don't get but let's let's be honest. Let's let's let, we we're talking about the money, but they were billionaires, right? Yeah. So that's nothing to them. That probably was like equivalent to, I don't know, twenty five dollars or two hundred and fifty dollars, maybe. Let's maybe, but and and it just makes you think about how the money could be put to. I guess it's a personal judgment as to whether it could be put to better use. I mean, I'm not the, the type of person that counts other people's money or tells them what they need to do with their money. But it just seems like, especially considering the outcome. I'm saying if it was for $25, I wouldn't win. <laughs> you wouldn't go, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's not, it's not the money to me. I'm just like, oh, no, I'm not going down there. Right. Too, too many things can happen, you know. Uh, and what I know about water pressure and deep ocean diving is just not good. I, the, the other, the the guy who was on his thirty eighth dive to the wreckage was um, Paul Henry. Oh yeah, that guy. Nigi. No, Nagiole. Nagiole, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a French scientist, uh, and he's a global authority on the Titanic. So that was his thirty eighth dive. Right. Yeah, that's. Yeah. And then the fact that it uh, an hour, like an hour and 45 minutes after it left the dock, it imploded. And so these people were probably they probably perished immediately. And that's just a terrible way to go. But people are saying like, they probably didn't re even realize what was happening, you know, because it happened so fast. So the good thing is that they probably didn't suffer. But I, for me, I, I don't think I could have ever done it just simply because, I mean, I can barely breathe looking at the pictures of it because I'm, you know, that just seems very claustrophobic. And to have five people in that little tube like that, it just, I mean, I don't even know how you could breathe, you know, breathe very well <laughs> in there even with the oxygen supply that they had that apparently ran out you know a couple a few days after they left like maybe i think it had 96 hours worth of oxygen just too much for me it's just too much yeah and then the massive rescue effort they had planes, they had the Coast Guard, they had divers, they had, you know, all kinds of stuff to find these five people. And, you know, my, con my sincerest condolences go out to the families of those uh, five people. But it just, with these extreme, uh, this extreme tourism, it just doesn't seem fair that we have to use our resources to go and, you know, find people when extreme tourism goes badly. It just doesn't seem fair that, you know, rescue personnel have to be, have to risk their lives um, trying to, you know, save people who decide to do these, this, these extreme sports and extreme tourism. But I, you know, I know that's what they signed up for, but it just doesn't seem fair, you know? I don't know what you mean when you say fair. Like, to me, if you know a life is missing, you try your best. Like, when folks, I, I live in Houston, Texas, 
not far from the Gulf, you know, and there's a lot of times people go out there on boats and they get lost and the Coast Guard goes out there to try to save them. Right. Um, but then when there's signs that say don't do it, you know, like when there's signs that say, for example, on beaches, when it says there's a riptide, there's a riptide flag flying. Don't go in the water. Yeah, but you still, even if even it's if it's not safe, if and you, you even go in the water, I gotta risk my life. As yeah, a, like, you see that, what I'm saying? You, no, I don't. I, I that's, don't. That's what I mean, though. I know. I said so. You're saying okay? They got drunk. They ain't pay attention to the sign. Oh well, you know. No, I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying yes. You signed up to be a lifeguard, so yes, go and save the people. But I'm just saying. It's not fair. It, as the person who's dis- making these like unwise decisions, take into think about somebody other than yourself. Take into account that if something happens to you, you're not following the rules, first of all. And if something happens to you now, you've endangered the life of someone else who now has to come and try to rescue you. That's all I'm saying. So it just seems when you make these decisions, it just seems like they're not factoring that in. Of course, you hope that nothing's going to happen. But when you break the rules, when there's clear rules saying, don't do this, you know, this is dangerous, this could kill you, and then you do it anyway, that's when, to me, it just doesn't seem fair. And then with this extreme tourism, there was no official transportation expert or agency or organization that approve this vessel as being safe so okay so now we have a vessel that's not officially you know no, I, I get what you're saying you but I, I get that's what you're, you're saying but the sentiment should always be to save a life that's lost of course. Like, of you know, course. I get what you're saying. Like, they should yeah. take ownership and the responsibility. And the reason why there was a lot of uh, people trying to go out and save them because before they went, there was a, a lot of attention paid to what they were doing. Yeah. You so know? we kind of knew. Everybody right. Had so eyes if they on didn't go, they was like, wow, they're going to let humans would have been like, wow, they just going to let these men drown down there. They ain't gonna make no effort to go get so it's 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 almost damn if you do, damn if you don't. Um, yeah, and so, then when you juxtapose it with the the migrants that were lost, yeah, you know, people were talking about the uh, the numbers varied because I've heard five hundred drowned, and I've heard there were seven hundred. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's still a lot of people, and the sad thing about it is that I didn't even hear about that story until this story. And they said that that had happened like back in April or something like that. Did you hear that? Yeah. It was months ago. I I think it was was awful that those folks drowned. What I don't like to do is when we start comparing, all their lives were lost. Catastrophe. Yeah, it's a catastrophe. (laughs) Yeah, they were trying to get here and it's like, oh, you know, folks don't care about these people and... And I'm not saying these arguments can't be valid. I I just think like is is that a time to talk about that? Do you think something could have been done to save those migrants? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't if, know. If, if folks thought knew they were out there, yes, definitely. I guess you could send the Coast Guard to try to retrieve whoever you could retrieve from the water. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know the extent of any rescue efforts at all. It's just yeah, like I, I, like said, you said, I didn't know about. I didn't know about it until after this. Right. So it just to me, it just speaks to the value that we place on certain human lives over others. And yeah. I just think that migrants aren't held in as high a regard as wealthy people. So you mean they're not held. In as high regard, then well, their lives aren't valued. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And so I think you know we need to examine ourselves as with regard to um, the value that we place on certain lives. All right, and let us move on. Mm-hmm.
All right, so we got Starbucks workers protesting. Um, this is not the first time they've done so. Um, they have. They were protesting over working conditions, like not enough staff, not enough pay, so on and so forth. But now they, this time, they were protesting over Starbucks banning like the pride decorations in the coffee shop right um, right and so there was a walkout for like three days i think oh my goodness because of this situation um they said i think it was like 500 stores part oh my goodness that's a lot of workers yeah so they like walked out at a, you said for three days yeah but i don't know if it was like they left it, or they came no they left it unmanned and unwoman you know uh unperson i should say <laughs> um but i think the walkout was uh, you know a demonstration um so there's a lot has been going on i think we covered target too remember about right. their pride decorations um i guess people are getting upset about the queer community celebrating their queerness and their identities. And I'm trying to really understand how does that impact you or impact another person. And I really thought about it, like, what would I be against? Um, Satanic worshiping? But if when they sell like skull and bones flags in a store, I don't that doesn't bother me, you know. Um, they sell pictures of what they perceive the cartoon caricature of a devil looks like. I don't get upset at that, and I know I'm individualizing it right now. <clears throat> but if you see a flag in the store. I don't see the issue or the problem with that. Well, the Starbucks CEO, Howard Schultz, is basically, I mean, he's pretty liberal. He's a, see, he's a liberal guy. And I think here the employees are protesting because Starbucks said that they could not display the pride um flags and In signs the store, right? and yeah. yeah things of that nature just showing pride uh lgbtqia plus solidarity and pride and they wanted to display it in the store but the the store made a decision that basically it's not safe for the employees and it kind of makes sense um if you consider what ha what happened in Target, remember when we talked about Target, they wanted to sell the LGBTQIA plus and the Pride merchandise in the Target stores, and employees were being attacked by customers or you know people that just don't, um, I guess, agree with. Uh, I don't know, agree with that community or agree with the, the I don't know who are, I guess, opposed to pride, let's put it that way. And they were being attacked. So Starbucks did not want that to happen. And so basically they're trying to protect their employees. So from my perspective, I can understand their concern for their employees because it could end up backfiring. So say, for example, people who um, are part of the, LGBTQIA plus community who work for Starbucks want to display their pride at work, whether they are hanging a poster or hanging a sign or waving a flag or wearing something to indicate that they are either in solidarity with the community or a part of the community. What if there are other employees who don't 
who don't make the choice to do that and a customer comes in and attacks that employee or even attacks any of the employees, the ones wearing or displaying the so pride they're, they're, or the they're, ones they're who reading, aren't, they're reading they, they can the... actually sue the company. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, their reasons, the their reasons yeah. were the same as targets. Well, when you say the same as Target, you're talking about what when was Target Starbucks removed was Starbucks concern. Yes. Yes. They're they not saying you can't do it because we are anti LGBTQIA. Well, I understand that. Yeah. They're saying, yeah, we, we, we want to protect you employees. We want to, you know, we, we are in solidarity with you as well with the, you know, pride and the community. But we just want to protect our employees, and we've seen. Would that be similar to police yeah. telling black folks in the fifties, in the sixties, "Well, we're preventing you from sitting at the counters because we don't want violence inflicted upon you." That would probably be similar to that, yeah. And I see, I see the point that you're making. But by the same token, you have to also see it from the perspective of the company. Like I said, they can open themselves up to liability as well. If That's one true. of their employees gets hurt, you see what I'm saying? That's from true. some crazy person, you see what I'm saying? So that's why I'm kind of, I see both sides. <laughs> I see both sides of this. You may, you raise an excellent point though. I mean, they, if you feel this strongly about pride and you want to assume the risk of perhaps being attacked by someone, then you might argue, I should be able to assume that risk. If I feel this strongly about this issue and you should not prevent me from displaying my pride. However, again, you are putting me, Mr. Starbucks, at risk for you know having have you know having this liability and you know uh subjecting myself to being sued it could be even be being sued by a customer say if you're in the store if i'm ordering my latte and a crazy person comes in and says this is ridiculous and starts attacking the barista and i get caught in the crossfire and get hurt, I'm suing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's where Starbucks is with it. So, yeah. The last thing Starbucks need is another public relations, a, a public relations issue. Remember the issue with the, the gentlemen that were trying to use the bathroom and just sitting in there and they called the police on them and all that whole thing? Yeah. That was crazy. And then they ended up you know, overcorrecting by <laughs> they shut down and tried to, you know, re-educate everybody on racial sensitivity training and all of that. Yeah, it's yeah. a mess. They don't, they don't need any more smoke. They're like, we don't want any of this smoke right here. With that being said, let us move on. <laughs> See, I'm riding high, high. <laughs> So our next story This is why I'm playing this music Give me some brew and I might just chill When I'm the type that likes to light another joint Like Cypress Hill I still do these spit loogies when I puff on it I got some bucks on it But it ain't enough on it Go get the S and T-I-D-E-S Nevertheless, I'm hella fresh, rolling joints like a cigarette. So pass it across the table like ping pong. I'm gone, beating my chest like ping pong. So yeah, that, that was appropriate for our next story. We smoking rule against a DC judge ordered a gentleman that was smoking marijuana in his house that he couldn't smoke it anymore. Mm. Now, I did my research and right now, marijuana is legal 
in 24 of the 50 states in the United States plus Guam, which I believe is a territory of the United States. So in, in well, let's say 23, because D.C. is a district, not a state. <clears throat> right. So they don't have statehood. So let's say 23, Guam and D.C. So in Washington, D.C., marijuana, recreational marijuana is legal. So this person smoking marijuana in his house, in their house, I should say, Mm -hmm. was told to stop. Right. A judge for the Superior Court of the District of Columbia. So this is a local court. Said that a local court for you. Right. (laughs) DC. That a duplex resident must stop smoking or burning marijuana in any form that emits an odor. Wow. And this the neighbor is Josefa Ippolito Shepherd. They filed a lawsuit seeking $500,000 in damages for negligence, nuisance, and trespass. And they claimed that the marijuana smoke damaged, she claimed that the marijuana smoke damaged her property and that she has had adverse health episodes such as respiratory issues, headaches, and nausea. I don't know. Wouldn't that just be seen as if I'm doing something legal and it impacts you? Like, how are you suing me for that? Because I didn't break any. But see, the problem is now you have two competing um, rights because one neighbor has a right, and you know, to write a right to legally smoke marijuana in their own home. But the other neighbor also has a right to the use and enjoyment of their property without you infringing on that. Yeah, I guess like that's like the music situation. Right. Like when you're playing your music real loud, you have a right to play your music, but not to the decimal level where it's impacting your neighbors. Exactly. and And they can't sleep or anything like that. Right. Yeah, it's just like work on your yard. Really, I think you're not allowed to start work on your yard until maybe it's seven in the morning. And then you have to end at a certain time in the evening. And it's probably going to vary depending on your location. No, you know, what city you're in, what state. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know some some neighborhoods and some developments, the ordinance is like 930. You can start. Right, right. So you can't come in and do construction that early in the morning. Um, and then they have to stop by like 4 30. Right, but I thought I thought weed smokers had all kinds of ways to keep the the smell. smell, Yeah, Yeah, like they put like they put towels under the doors. They do that in hotels a lot. Yeah, burn incense. Like, why can't the person? What they hanging out the window smoking weed? I mean, what are you doing? Like smoking out the window. (laughs) Um, (laughs) right. You see what I'm saying? So I'm like, there there has to be a smoke travels though. It does. And people who smoke in the hotels thinking that the weed, that weed, <laughs> that smoke gets into the carpet. Especially that, what they call, they call it loud, that loud. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not they an expert. Call it, yeah, it's a form of weed they call loud. I mean, I've heard people refer to it as loud. And I guess that's because the smell is loud. I don't know. But it just seems like it should be a way for everybody to live in peace. Because now that marijuana has been legalized in many um states and you know everywhere i go now i'm smelling weed like people are in cars like in parking lots smoking weed i know in maryland it's illegal to smoke it um publicly so you could get a fine like if you're caught smoking weed publicly so people you know are expecting for people and you can't obviously drive under the influence of smoking weed so if you get pulled over and they and you're determined to be um under the influence of it you yeah. could get a, a fine. Um, 
But it's yeah, kind of scary. That's a, DW, that's a DWI. Exactly. Exactly. But it's scary now that it's, I think people were doing it before, but now that it's legal, I think it's like more prevalent now. And I'm always concerned about if so I'm driving it, by somebody guess, that's high, like, because your reflexes are slower. Yeah, but they going slow. You don't, you know, you don't see <laughs> people smoking, driving a hundred and something miles. Are they cruel? <laughs> you don't, but that's what I'm saying, though. But if you're making a like changing lanes or turning, and you 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 encounter somebody that's been smoking, their reflexes are slower now. So if they don't see you in time or something, that could cause an accident because their reflexes are slower. So I'm always concerned, like, are they paying attention? Like, so that's my concern. But I mean, I get this ruling. I think we have to, it just underscores the need to be considerate of other people. It's not just about what you want to do for your I get the ruling. I just don't get the civil suit that she uh that she's trying to that the neighbor is trying to file. It's an injury because it's like it's an it's a nuisance because of your negligence. I guess you're not uh doing anything to try to prevent this from happening to me. And I've been injured because now I'm nauseous, I have a headache. I'm have respiratory issues. I can't breathe because you want to enjoy your weed. So you've injured me. That's and this did is what I, did I know that? Did I know that? I, well, I don't know the details of the case, but I'm sure that I mean it would definitely help her case if she had asked him some, you know, maybe she can document that she asked him several times, you know, can you do this someplace else? Or can you, is there something you can do to try to keep this smell from coming over into my apartment because it's making me sick? Maybe she did do that. I don't know. But if, I mean, I would guess that she did because she won this lawsuit if the judge ruled in her favor. You know what I mean? Oh, I thought the judge just ruled that they couldn't. Um, Smoke the weed. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Well, that's in her favor, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Okay. I don't know. Though. I don't know if she got any money. She tried to get some money, though. Let us move on. <laughs> he might have to get some edibles. All right. <laughs> so we go to an oldie but goodie. And we are about to plug our brand. And our, our brand for today is. Converse. Converse. Now these are the Chucks, but Converse makes all kinds of uh, athletic attire, um, and you know hats and paraphernalia, things of that nature. Um, I think everybody I know has a classic pair of Converse, Converse. either black, red, green, white. They come in a variety of colors. I remember when I was a young kid around maybe five or six years old and I and I bought a my my parents I should say brought me a, a brand new pair of these in high tops. Now I think the low tops back then were like twelve dollars <laughs> and the high tops were like eighteen, if I remember correctly, because I remember seeing that in the store. Mm -hmm. times have changed uh, they're going for like $50 or $60 now the low tops and I don't know how much the high tops are going for um, but now Converse is owned by Nike that I did not know wow oh, yeah. they purchased Converse a while ago oh okay yeah I, so. I have the um the ones with the lug sole like the big the thick, big, thick sole. yeah yeah, yeah. Now I'm seeing a lot of women, you know, on you know the at the universities that I teach, um, I see them wearing those a lot. Mm -hmm. But I only seen them in the white and the black. I haven't seen them in any right. other color. Um, My daughter Ryan, she wanted the um the high top 
like original Converse, like the plain, you know. Oh, okay, yeah, and, that's and that's the that's high top. Now at Texas A and M, uh, the the students wear those, and I I I'll just step out and say mainly it's the white girls that's wearing those. <laughs> oh yeah, um, like the trend, their trend, they they yeah. follow each other. Where I feel like other cultures, particularly African American cultures, they try to be different, you know, right, unique. <laughs> True, you true. Know, like you know, I, I got the converse with the, the red and white laces and you know, <laughs> they they ain't up on these. Used to crack me up when black folks used to say, They ain't rocking what I'm rocking, but you didn't make it, you know. You purchased <laughs> it at a store, so somebody's rocking what you rock. But that's <laughs> the know? thing, is we are I always I like to say that black people are the purveyors of what's cool. True. So we can take we can take something that's a classic, like a Converse, and bring it back. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I yeah. See I yeah. See we do that. We might bring back Gazelle. Never know. And let us move on. All right. I'm sorry. Messing up today. <laughs> We're a little rusty. We have a question. It's a question. Address the question. This is a question. So, what's the question? Answer the question. All right. So the question of the week is how many seconds are there in a year? How many seconds are there in a year? Last week's question was a cowboy rode into town on Friday. He stayed in town for three days and rode out on Friday. How is that possible? And the answer to that is the horse he rode in on, its name was Friday. <laughs> and the name of the horse was Friday. So a cowboy rode in on Friday. <laughs> he stayed in town for three days and then he rode out on Friday. So Friday is his horse. That's how it is possible. Well, all right. Well, Let right. us move on. Okay. Hey. Again. Excuse me, y'all. I'm having a little hiccup today because I'm, I'm working with two rundowns. I should be working with one. So excuse me. That's okay. So, We're enjoying the music. We're enjoying the music. And let us move on. Hey. All black. Right. Black, black, black. Hey. <laughs> black on black, black. Yeah. Hey. Okay, black, 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 black on black, black, my thoughts so black, black, black on black, my skin is so black. I'm rocking that black on black is black. black all right, so Solange Knows Glassware Collection is what we're featuring today in our Buy Black segment. Uh, I know she probably hates this, but Solange, Solange Knows is the sister of Beyonce Knows. I know. She's like, I'm my own person. Or, or Beyonce is the sister of Solange Knows. I know, that's uh, right. <laughs> so um, she is starting a glassware collection with an artist i believe he's out of philadelphia and his name is jason mcdonald and is you know if you you can see on the photo that i have up of some of the glasses that they put together um solange said it was important for our first small matter project to be an object designed with black thought and created by black hands 
Um, and she says she's uh, forever grateful to Jason McDonald's artistry. So it's glassware, as you can see right there. It looks pretty nice, actually. Um, and it's made with sand and glass. What do you? What, what's your take on it? Well, yeah, she's calling this small objects matter. <laughs> and I guess that's kind of a, a play on Black Lives Matter. Um, and she's saying the collection is intended to deepen the contributions of Blackness to objects, collecting, design, and glass blowing. It is our hope that these glassworks become cherished objects in your own sacred spaces. And this, um, she said this on her Instagram page on June 20th when she uh, debuted her glassware collection. I think it's beautiful. I mean, I uh, love beautiful things and looking at beautiful things. And I think I'm, I'm one of these people. I think things taste better when they're eaten off of, you know, a pretty plate. Yeah. Like a pretty plate or like a really cool glass that I really like, or I like drinking from like my favorite, you know, cups and glasses and things of that nature and eating on my favorite plate. So yeah, this, I, I, yeah, I'm the type of person when I see a piece of art, it kind of um, elicits a certain feeling or certain response. It makes you feel luxurious or cozy or fun or, you know what I mean? So I like um, looking at beautiful things like, like these glasses that she's made, like different, um, it, it looks like wine glasses. And I'm sure there's all sorts of um, pieces that you can use. I call it, um, useful art or um what's the word for for example handbags i think you can use them and they can also be aesthetically pleasing and beautiful so yeah i like um i, art I like you can wear and use yes i like her collection um i like dishes and things of that nature too although i can't say it makes the food taste better <laughs> I, mean, I tasted food on a paper plate. <laughs> <laughs> if it's good, it's good. And that, right? <laughs> and that can put food put on the a Tiffany plate, you know, put it to shame. So, um, to yeah, me, it just makes it an experience. Yeah, like. yeah. Um, if you have that, but I, I think uh, this is a nice uh, collection that she has, and we wish her the all best. the best. Yes. And let us move on. Like this. Hey. So today, we want to highlight Mary Richardson Jones as our little-known Black history fact. Mary Richardson Jones was born in Tennessee in 1819. She was an abolitionist, a philanthropist, a women's rights advocate, and an underground railroad operative. The Jones household was a stop on the Underground Railroad and a center of abolitionist activity in the pre-Civil War era, helping hundreds of fugitives fleeing safe slavery. Mary Jane Richardson Jones, our little known Black history fact. You Thank you. 
Love that song. I say it every time. Love that song. All right, so we move into our third plug of today, which is our podcast plug. And it is coming from Higher Learning. Um, Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay dissect the biggest topics in Black culture, politics, and sports two times per week. They will wade into the most important and timely conversations, frequently inviting guests on the podcast and occasionally debating each other. So that is higher <laughs> learning. I, I really like Van Lathan. I remember him from TMZ Live. Yeah. Um, when he had the, he I guess, the sports, confrontation. Right? Well, I don't think so he's more i thought he was more like pop culture politics kind of thing yeah he was but i i, I remember him debating the sports topics he got why did he get fired again i don't remember but i just remember he had that confrontation with uh kanye west remember that when kanye went off about slavery and he had to set him straight but anyway, and I used to listen to the podcast that he had with uh, Jamel Hill when they broke down. Um, they did a episode by episode breakdown of The Wire. And I was all in like over the pandemic. I, I watched all five seasons of The Wire. And so I would listen to their podcast when they would break down each episode. I, I heard I, I remember that. I didn't listen to all their podcasts, but yeah. I remember one show. Speaking it of was, Jamel Hill. Oh, I was just going to tell you the name of it. It was called um, the song. Okay. Do you remember the theme song from The Wire? It was yeah. like down in the. Yeah. 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 I remember it. That's what the name of the podcast was. Oh. I'm going to tell you in a second. But go ahead. What were you saying? No, I'm saying speaking, she, her show got, she didn't get renewed by Spotify. Real, Jamel Hill? Yeah. Unbothered. What? I, that doesn't mean that the show is going away. Right. It'll just go on another platform. But I'm just, I, I loved her. I mean, it um, could be in negotiations. You know how that is. Way down in the hole. That's what it's called. Remember that? Yeah. So the podcast was down in the hole or something like that. But yeah. And let us move on. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Okay, so we have another Supreme Court justice that did the same thing Clarence Thomas did. Justice Alito. What I tell Samuel you. Alito. I tell so I'm my partner who is very passionate about this. Speaker. No, 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 no. No, it's just that, you know, he also was found to have been receiving um, gifts from wealthy donors. I mean, that like I said, is a concern in general that that justices on our highest court in the land are receiving these luxurious gifts from, in Clarence Thomas's case, it was a GOP, uh, wealthy GOP, billionaire GOP donor. But now that it's come out that Justice Samuel Alito has done similar or received similar gifts, um, it just raises the question as to whether this court needs to have a code of ethics. And I think it's very clear that they actually do. But it seems that they believe that they can police themselves and such a code of ethics is not necessary. Um, I know Justice Katanji Brown Jackson has revealed all of the gifts that she received and there were things like and that's the problem is if you could if you document this stuff and and um disclose it then it wouldn't be a problem or it would be yeah, less still of a could problem, be a problem. Put, yeah, yeah it would be less of a problem if you would disclose it it, show, it shows you're not trying to conceal it exactly because when you try to conceal it that's when it raises suspicion like well what, why are you trying to conceal this it almost shows that you um have some yeah oh you know you agree that it's nefarious it's 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 not on the up up and up it's not ethical 
Yeah, actually, absolutely unethical. And don't let me go down the list of all the things wrong with it. Erodes the public trust is just flat out wrong. Um, and you just lose respect for the court, um, especially with some of the recent recent decisions that have come down. But Justice Jackson, she she disclosed things like when she did her Vogue cover from being the first African-American woman to be a justice on the Supreme Court, they did a shoot. She was um, photographed by the famous photographer, I think Annie Leibowitz. And they gave her, you know, they put her in different looks and, you know, outfits and things of that nature. And so she kept those things and granted they were very expensive clothes, but nothing like, you know, and, and, and of course she disclosed it. And that's why we know about it. Um, if you look at her pictures on the cover of Vogue, they're beautiful. And she wore like this really beautiful brown suit. And so she got to keep all of, all of, all of those things. So she was like, I'm telling you everything. She was like, I got these shoes. I got this suit. Like, yeah. Cause we know this is the same thing with Obama, the Obamas. When you're the first black anything, we already know people are got, we got a target on us. We do everything right because we know all they need is unless you're justice Thomas and you're part of you uphold white supremacy and you're part of the white power uh, establishment, white power structure in this country, in this country. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think he's a part of it. He supports he, it, though. If you support it, Dr. Ann, come on. You're a part of it. Don't, don't do that. Don't, think they don't do that. Man, come on. You support Seriously? it. Yeah, because... That doesn't make you a part of it? He's still a black man in this country, regardless. I don't care. And he still got law. He got law. He got... Even though he doesn't think so, there are white supremacist laws and stereotypes that will go against his black ass, too. But he doesn't. I, I, I he doesn't think believe that. he doesn't see. He doesn't see himself as a black man. If Prince Thomas is riding down the street, if he's riding down the street, he can get pulled over too. He can get profiled too. Everybody's not going to know who he is. So yes, that's the structure he's under. You know, that's what I'm saying. He'll say, "Oh, it'll never happen," and of course, it probably has happened to him. You know, so I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I said he's just in support and in favor of it. You know, I guess the point that I'm making is I believe that if Justice Jackson had been caught accepting these kinds of gifts, she, then we may be looking at uh, impeachment proceedings. Nah, they would have protected her too. You know why? I don't know. Come on now. I just, just don't know. We we ain't gonna never find out though. I'm gonna tell you why. Because if they would have if she would have got in trouble, guess what? All they dirt will come out. And then you have no if you're gonna get her in trouble, then Clarence Thomas, I'm sorry, you're going down too. Justice Alito, you're going down too, because she did nothing different from what y'all did. And the fact that she's a woman, a lot of people would stand up for that that fact right there so i don't think so though because especially with the makeup of the house why didn't clarence thomas go down see alito went down because of the makeup of the house nobody's gonna impeach him alito Alito didn't go but that's what well then why are you oh you saying because she's democratic she's a democrat right right that's what i'm saying you see what i'm saying I thought you were talking about gender and race. Well, You're talking it, about yeah, political talking party. About, I mean, yeah, that's a factor, but I'm just saying with this... It wasn't uh, a factor with Thomas, though. Right, because, okay, even if... Even if he was impeached, this... Well... I just know what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't you, see you, it. I don't see it passing, because, you know, you have to pass that. Congress has to convict the person of whatever they're being impeached for. And so remember before, that's why that's why Trump didn't get impeached because although, well, he wasn't convicted. He was impeached, but he wasn't convicted. You see what I'm saying? Because you yeah. have to vote on that. He was impeached twice, right? Exactly, but he was never convicted. Yeah. 
and yet he's still running for president. This is Let us move on. Sorry about that. Let us move on. I thought you were done. No. Give it up, give it up. All right. We are giving it up to the 2023 NBA draftees. Uh, all the folks that got drafted in the NBA in the first and second round, well, they're only two rounds down. It used to be seven back in the day. Um, but now it's two rounds. And, you know, there were a lot of different suits that were worn to fashion. Uh, oh, yeah. Definitely stood out that night, um, whether you liked it or you did not. Uh, but they were very fashionable on stage. Uh, th they wore what I would call attention grabbing outfits. Right. I like uh, the one that had all the bling on it. What was so, that guy's yeah, name? Yeah, number zero right there. That's uh, <laughs> Scoot Henderson. I like, what's his name? Scoot? Yeah, Scoot Henderson. I even like his name. I love that. Um, uh, was that that's his nickname? Yeah, but that's what everybody calls him. I like you can tell that's a you know you can tell that's a black nickname from yeah. a black household. Scoot. You know? He got he had seven <laughs> brothers and sisters, I believe. Oh God. Yeah, they all wow. were there. They all were there. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Then they had the twins, Amir. I mean, I'm I'm in in or saw Usar. A minute of the star, yeah. yeah. Um I, I saw a video, I saw a TikTok video about them, how when they were nine years old, they had a like a vision board, and on their vision board was to be best players in the NBA, to be billionaires. Um, and then they had this long list of like a daily agenda that they would have that included like 250 push-ups and 500 shots and all that, you know, 30 minutes of, of reading. Yeah. 30 yeah. minutes of reading and 30 minutes of writing. Yeah. And then when I went that, down the list, I was like, I think they ran out of hours in the day. <laughs> they have more things to do in the day than they had time. But that's what hard that you know their hard work paid off and it was just a beautiful thing to see and i know yeah. their parents are super proud their father is the catalyst and then you have victor Wimanyame, who is from france and he's seven three and a half with his sneakers off but seven five with them on so it's two has, inches from huh? sneakers. he gets an two inch, inches from his shoe an inch and a half that's a lot. Yeah, that's what we all we all get about an inch. But basketball shoes don't seem like the the sole is that thick. But yeah, I, guess. I mean, he wears a size twenty, so he needs five. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, and he's super athletic too, right? Yeah, he has a uh, eight feet wingspan. That is insane. Yeah. And remember, we talked about that. You said you cannot coach height. You can't. And he when, can stand on the ground and kick his foot up and touch the rim. No way. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. So even if he was goofy and uncoordinated, they would have turned him into a basketball player. That's just like Shaq. Shaq is one of the greatest players. And I knew Shaq was going to be good because when he was in high school, he was breakdancing and popping and locking. <laughs> I said... You know, because you play sometimes, you know, shorter people, they got more agility, you know, they more compact so they can do things quicker, <laughs> you know, big folks, especially when they're young, they got to grow into their body. But, you know, he's still doing that on his show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still doing it. He's <laughs> still crazy. doing it. Yeah. On the best show. That show is so good. Even it I watch that show. He, he is. He is. They're funny. Mm -hmm. They're definitely entertaining. Oh, you know, Ernie just got inducted into the hall of fame the journalism broadcast journalism hall of fame yeah i didn't know that did you see the video of um chuck telling him online on uh live on tv uh no i didn't see that yeah there's a video it's probably viral by now but it's going around and i learned that um charles what's his name 
God, why can't I think of his Charles name? Barkley? Charles Conley. Charles Barkley is yeah. already in the Broadcast Journalism Hall of Fame. I was like, what? Before Ernie? So what happened was the, the crew asked Charles to announce it live on air, and Ernie didn't know. And so you get to see his reaction. Are you pulling it up now? Mm. It's very oh. cool. It's very, very cool. You want to play it? Uh, let me try if I find it real quick. <laughs> yeah. Let me see if I can find it. But it was very, very cool because he didn't know. And and so he found out, Ernie found out, what's his last name, Dr. A? Ernie Johnson. Here Ernie it Johnson. Here it is. Okay. okay. This is big. This is big. I want to be the first. I'm I can't hear it. Knows this. I want to be the first person that's an honor and a privilege to congratulate Ernie Johnson going into the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, I, they, they told me, and I said, they said, would you do this? I said, be an honor. It's an honor and a privilege to tell you. Ernie Johnson, congratulations, brother. Yeah. Man, that is that is awesome. Thank you so much. I, and you know what? I'm taking the rest of the day off. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And whoever whoever is responsible for that, whoever uh, votes on that, I am humbled beyond words. So thank you so much. It means the world to me. I've been at this been at this for uh, been at this for 34 years uh, at the same place. Been over 40 years in broadcasting, and uh, I'm stunned. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, thank you, guys. Hey, underdog. What a cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that is. That is. Now, I didn't see that. That's the first time I saw that. Yeah. But let's wrap this thing up. We're going to go through our three plugs first. Pearl Milling Company, which used to be Aunt Jemima Pancakes that is made religiously in the Jackson household. Uh, we also had Converse that I rock once in a while. Still an oldie but goodie. The podcast was Higher Learning. Our words of wisdom came from A. Philip Randolph. Freedom is never granted, it is won. Justice is never given, it is exacted. Our what's going on today was submersible. Starbucks work is striking. And we smoking rules against. And our weekly question is how many seconds are there in a year? We had a buy black segment by Solange Knowles glassware collection. Little known black history fact was Mary Jane Richardson Jones. Uh, our all hell no went to Justice Samuel Alito, and we gave it up to the NBA. Um, 2023 NBA draft deeds. And we also heard a little announcement from Charles Barkley congratulating Ernie Johnson on making the Journalism Hall of Fame. So that is our show from Pot Liquor this week. And as always, thank you everybody for taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us. And as always, in parting, we wish you love. Peace and soul. And so, y'all, we will see y'all next week.